If the image of Indians faithfully reciting Catholic prayers seems at odds with the traditional view of Native American families in wigwams, consider the report of a French priest, Father Pierre Tourie. Two years after the Haverhill Raid, he described the scene as an Abenaki war party prepared to assault an English fort at Pemaquid, Maine. Almost all our warriors, who numbered about 100, took confession before they left, as if they were going to die on this expedition. The women and children also followed their example and took confession, after which the women recited an endless rosary in the chapel, taking turns one after another from the first light of dawn until night, asking God, through the intervention of the sainted virgin, to take pity on them and protect them during this war. Shortly after Hannah Dustin and Mary Neff arrived at the island camp, one of the Abenaki men told young Samuel that the entire party would ultimately head toward Canada. There, at an Indian rendezvous, the three English captives would be stripped and forced to run the gauntlet. As Cotton Mather described it, with what sounds like a mix of breathless horror and a slight frisson of wishfulness, when they came to this town, they must be stripped and scourged and run the gantlet through the whole army of Indians. They said this was the fashion when the captives first came to a town, and they derided some of the faint-hearted English, which they said fainted and swooned away under the torments of this discipline. While the practice of running the gauntlet had provided Hollywood with some vivid moments, its true intent may not have been cruel torture for the tribe's entertainment. Running the gauntlet was an initiation rite common among certain Indian tribes, notes historian Catherine Zabel Darunian Stodola. Many terrified captives described as torture what was apparently intended to test the survival of the fittest and to serve as an introduction, even a welcome, upon arrival at an Indian village. This interpretation fits in neatly with another of colonial America's most famous captivity stories. After the founding of Jamestown in 1607, Captain John Smith lay prostrate with his head upon a stone, as he later told it, about to be brained by an Indian war club, when the maiden Pocahontas lay across his body and saved his life. The legendary incident is now acknowledged to have been an initiation ceremony rather than a threatened execution, or at most, it was a symbolic execution in which the Indians asserted their dominion over the captive Smith. But for Hannah Dustin and Mary Neff, such distinctions would have offered small solace. To them, it must have seemed that death or survival as servants to the Indian family were their only prospects. Upon learning the Indians' plan to take them north to Canada, Hannah Dustin set her mind to escape. In the pre-dawn hours of March 31st, as her captors lay asleep, Hannah roused Mary and Samuel. The three resourceful New Englanders found tomahawks and, with little difficulty or hesitation, dispatched ten of the sleeping Indians, six of them children, sparing only an old woman and a small boy. At Hannah Dustin's suggestion, young Samuel Leonardson had acquired the grim skills to carry out this plan from one of the Indians. A famous later account imagined the deadly tutorial session. Strike him there, said he, placing a finger on his temple, 
and he also showed him how to take off the scalp. The English boy struck the Indian who had given him the information on the temple as he had been directed.